Hello, everyone. It's Gianna Belcastro, host of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Uh, as I'm sitting down to edit today, today is September 10th, um, which is also known as World Suicide Prevention Day, which also this episode contains matters of talking about mental health. So I wanted to put this in really quick before we get started. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is free and available 24-7. All you got to do is call 1-800-273-8255, or you can text the crisis text line just text them hello to 741741 um in today's episode we do have discussions about mental health suicide depression anxiety um we do talk about you know how concussions can go into that so i just wanted to put out this little warning just in case any listeners wouldn't be comfortable with listening um to her experience um because we do go into it a little bit and i don't want um someone to be reliving their own experiences um so i just wanted to put this out in the beginning really quick so you can have the chance to um maybe listen to as far as we we talk about that we talk about the mental health stuff at the end of today's episode before we do the lightning round questions so again just wanted to put that out there really quick uh also linked down below will be resources too and then the number again as well as where you can text. Before I hop, I hop off, I just want to say, like, if you can, you can donate to these organizations like The Trevor Project or NAMI, which will also be linked down below. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. My name is Gianna Castro, and I am your host. Today, we're doing another interview. I keep getting so many amazing people on the show, and I just... Love not talking to myself alone in this office for like 40 minutes by myself. But anyway, today we have a really special guest on the show. Would you care to introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name is Helen Maroulis. I'm a 2016 Olympic champion in women's wrestling and a 2020 Olympic bronze medalist. Fun stuff. Would you like to dive in right away to the Olympics? Oh, sure. (laughs) Ask away. So. Obviously, um, this year's Olympics were very, very, very different um, from the ones in Rio. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about um, what some of the major differences were, you know, besides like the whole COVID thing, um, you know, uh, not being able to to go around and see Japan, obviously, but also like, you know, all these different restrictions of what you can and cannot do. Yeah, so the Olympics, I'm very grateful that I got to experience it in um, Rio. And then, you know, to also have this experience in Tokyo um, was very eye-opening. It was definitely different this time around. We quarantined. We kind of just did our little bubble. Um, We didn't go into the village. We didn't stay in the village. Or we went, I went like the last day to just get some souvenirs. But, I mean, other than that, you really were pretty secluded. There weren't fans Um, We didn't go to the opening or closing ceremonies. So there are definitely some really special Olympic moments that uh, we missed out on. But I think that the Olympic spirit was there and the heart and soul kind of of the Olympic movement. And that is just about, you know, people coming together to perform and be their best and to do their very best and to just be united in that endeavor. And so I think that when you look at the pandemic and kind of how that drew people all around the world to, to come together and to unite and to, you know, put our health first. Uh, I think that this Olympics kind of also resonated with that 
So it was definitely different. Uh, it's definitely special. And I'm just so grateful that the Olympics um, even happened. So for me, it was a huge blessing. So let's travel back in time to 2020. Um, everyone around the world was shocked that they were postponing the Olympics. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know, if you remember the day when you found out about that and just like how you felt and if, if you were like, if you were thinking any differently about how you were going, going to go into the Olympics a year later, um, you know, different mentalities. Yeah. So when the Olympics were delayed in 2020, I was actually, I had just came back to wrestling in January of that year. And then it got delayed in March. Um, I was recovering from concussions and um, some other stuff, a lot of injuries. So for me, the delay was a good thing for me personally, as far as just training and health. Um, at the same time, there was a bit of uh, fear or nerves, anxiety, just around like you know, a whole another year of training is just, it's just kind of a scary concept for everyone. You know, you're like, you're peaked, you're ready to go. And then you have to do it all over again. And so much can, can happen. So, um, but I felt like it was the right decision. I voted for it, for it to be delayed. I'm really happy that, that it was, I think that, you know, I don't see any way that it, any other situation where it would have been safe, uh, you know, to, to do so. So. Yeah, I, I was glad that it was delayed too, but also like just the part of me as a, as a fan watching from home, like, oh, I have to wait another year. Are you kidding me? Like that was just, that was the one thing was like, oh, but I was so excited to sit around and do nothing for the, for uh, two weeks, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, for myself, I didn't really have, I, I thought that I was going to retire after 2020, but I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I didn't have certain things set up, but there's some people that, um, before the delay, I mean, they had, you know, they had things set up. They wanted to have children or they were planning to move here. Or they were going to go back to school or start this job that they already committed to. And so when the delayed happened, it just really, um, it, for some athletes, it really like kind of derailed some of their plans. And I know some just kind of had to retire and not see it through for that next year. So, um, it, it was really opening. And then let's go, let's go back further in time to 2016, obviously, when you uh, won that gold in Rio. Tell me a little bit about, you know, that gold medal match. Um, what went through your mind? What happened after the medal ceremony? You know, did you celebrate a lot or were you like, okay, I got this thing. Now it's time to get back to work. So my experience in Rio, it was such a dream come true to win the Olympics and one thing I really enjoy about wrestling is just that it, it parallels the journey that I'm, I'm going on in life and it helps um, expose things or, or teach me things about myself and, and where I'm at at that time. And so um, to win, it just affirmed that I can believe in myself and, and that when I believe in myself, I can, you know, I, I can achieve these things that I want. And uh, on the flip side, it also, um, yeah, it, it just revealed a lot of other stuff to me just I, I don't know I, I remember thinking oh my gosh like normal people in the Olympics like I can't believe this happened and and I actually lost a lot of my confidence after Rio because I just didn't know why I won I couldn't I couldn't explain it I knew that I was a good wrestler but I just never I don't think I really ever in, a, in some ways in a million years thought that I'd be able to be an Olympic champion and that just highlighted like some insecurities that I had that even winning won't fix or take away and so um it really motivated me to like 
get back and commit to 2020 and, and just really see that through and, and want to learn those lessons and kind of grow deeper and learn more about myself. For people that don't know who you were up against in Rio, do you want to talk about like how big of a deal that was, uh, especially for, I guess, like people rooting for America in general, like that was a, that was a pretty good matchup if, uh, I don't say yeah. myself. Yeah, thanks. So I wrestled Sayori Yoshida. She's a 16-time world and Olympic champion in women's wrestling. She won the first ever Olympics in 2004, and then she won every Olympic since um, up until we wrestled. And she'd never lost a world championships or an Olympics ever in her entire life, um, except for the 2016 Olympics where I wrestled her. And, you know, obviously when someone's that accomplished, you're and you're preparing for your own Olympic journey, you know that it's not going to happen unless you beat them. You know, it wasn't, I never thought like, oh, maybe she'll lose to someone else in another round. I, and I didn't want that. I knew that if I was going to be an Olympic champion, I was going to have to beat this woman. And so I studied her and I flew to Japan as much as I could, which they didn't really allow foreigners in much, but you know, I, I got to go for a couple days camp and just learn from her and just be around her. And I just, she really just became this hero in my eyes. She was such a great person on and off the mat and um, really like a true champion and just so humble and kind and just such a role model. And so um, wrestling her was like wrestling is really like wrestling one of my heroes. Um, and, and, you know, I, I was happy for myself that I won. And then I was also just heartbroken that, you know, for her, I it was just, it was really interesting journey because she really helped me to, you know, in, in an indirect way, like she pushed me to, to be the best version of myself. I just, uh, after reading up about that, I was like, oh my God, like you don't really see that often, I guess in, um, the world of sports where, uh, you have this kind of like a David and Goliath situation, if you know what I'm, I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but, yeah. um, you guys aren't like enemies, you know, <laughs> you're all just trying to wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because a lot of, um, I think in America, the media and a lot of people try to. Uh, paint that as the David and Goliath story and for me it just it wasn't it wasn't that like she wasn't the enemy she wasn't this you know you know this bad person she she was someone who transcended the the sport and really kind of put women's wrestling um on the map in a lot of ways just by being so dominant and and set the bar for for all of us to um to get to that level and especially for a sport like women's wrestling that's still fairly new it came um became an olympic sport in 2004 we we need that push and we need that that excellency and that dominance um you know because it drives you right people people like going after things and they like going after big goals so she's she's been really incredible in that space and for what she's done for the sport i want to ask you now um you know the your origin story basically like how you got involved in wrestling what like if you watched wrestling when you were younger and you had a favorite wrestler you know basic origin story stuff yeah so I started wrestling when I was seven years old uh, my older brother and my younger brother who were all 21 months apart I'm the middle child so they started they had just joined wrestling a year or two before and when my little brother joined there weren't enough kids on the team and so the instructor the coach asked my mom not to bring him back till, you know, next year. And my mom didn't want to wait. So she just told me to take off my shoes and jump in and, and be my little brother's dummy. And after about two weeks of this hard training, I went to my parents and I said, Hey, this isn't fair. 
I'm doing everything the boys are doing, but they get to compete and I don't. And so my dad made a bet with me that I could wrestle one match. And if I won that match, I could keep wrestling all year. So that was the only match I won. I was one in 30 my first year, but that was uh, what allowed me to keep wrestling. And I just instantly fell in love with it from the first day. So did you yeah. get to compete in high school? Yeah. Yeah. I wrestled boys all through um, elementary, middle school, and then into high school. And then my uh, senior year, I actually was invited to the Olympic education um, uh, program in Northern Michigan. So it's a feeder program into the Olympic training center. And I went there for my senior year of high school to train, start training with only women. It's really cool. I didn't know they had those kinds of programs. I'm all new to this Olympic <laughs> stuff, you know, like, oh, there's these different training camps and yeah. all these different things that you can do. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's different for every sport. So I don't, I don't know what, you know, I mean, I think sports like track and field, right. Or swimming, they don't, they don't need that because they have that in, in their, you know, universities and in high schools, but uh, women's wrestling, I think boxing, uh, speed skating, those are some of the programs that they'll have a, they have a Olympic feeder program. So let's talk about college. Was that, mm -hmm. was that a fun, fun time for you? I'm a sophomore in college, so I'm, I'm trying to navigate the beautiful world of the college <laughs> education system right now. Yeah, I loved college and good luck with the, the navigation. And, and I hope it's been a fun journey for you. Um, I, college was such a fun experience. I went to school in Canada and I really wanted to go to a big school and a good school academically, but also still wrestle. And, um, you know, Canada has that because they don't have NCAA division one, two or three. And, and uh, they also don't have Olympic training centers. So their Olympians will still train at the university that they went to. So I got to go to a really good school and then train with um, Canadian Olympians and national team members. And so it was the best situation for me to, you know, do what I love and, and get better and also get an education. And I just loved, I love the experience there. Um, I think your college years are, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that I, I made good memories and I, and I hung out with friends. I traveled a lot for wrestling and I was always just focused on wrestling and always about wrestling. Um, but I would say college also had pockets of time where I was focused on my social life or I, I, you know, had good, um, you know, team bonding and, and that's just really special. And, uh, you don't really get those years back. So I'm, I'm glad that that was like that. What did you major in? Communications. Mm, communications first and I see there's a lot of those out there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit different in Canada though. <laughs> it was actually a lot different than in the U.S. <laughs> How? Like a lot of my classes at uh, times were just learning about how bad the U.S. is at X, Y, or Z. <laughs> so it was quite, and then I would talk to a friend and they're like, oh yeah, we're learning about like the second amendment. And I'm like, oh, I'm learning about, I don't know, how the, <laughs> what stories go on the news and some other things. So it was really interesting. Wow. Well, I'm a journalism major. Um, oh. So I guess I fall under the, the communications oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really fun. <laughs> fun times in school. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm at community college. I'm going to graduate in 2022 with my associates and I'm going to transfer somewhere. Oh, somewhere. Hey, it'll, when the time is right and the place is right, I'm sure it's going to present itself or when you know, you'll know. So, oh, I hope so.
Yeah. My family has been like, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? I don't know. Yeah. It's fun. Um, when we're living our lives, we're, uh, our, we're personally okay with that the unknown. And I think part of that comes from there is like a, a deep rooted faith when you're on your path that like, you just, you know, you're in the place that you need to be or the, the right thing, the next step is going to present itself. But for loved ones around you, it's like, it's hard to wait for another person or you're not inside their mind. So you don't, you don't have that, maybe that calm or that assurance of like, oh, this is on track. So it's the same thing. Uh, like with wrestling, a lot of times my parents are like, well, you need to do this tournament or what way are you going to go? Or, you know, I'm just like, and I would just tell them like, look, I, I have to figure this out this way. I'm, I'm pursuing this. I'm taking this day by day. And unfortunately you're going to have to wait with me while I don't know as well. <laughs> so that's yeah. a great way to put it. Uh, yeah. Everyone be patient. A lot of my family listens to my show. So everyone be quiet <laughs> and be patient. That's my, that's my advice for them. I want to ask you about, you know, when you first got involved with Team USA, you know, how you found out um, what your reaction was, what your family's reaction was. Um, Team USA, like the Olympics or just Team like USA? just in like just in general with Team USA? Yeah, I made my first um, senior world team in 2008. Uh, so I would have been the youngest, but I turned 17 that day. So I technically don't count as the youngest, um, but I was very young. I was 17 years old when I made my first world team um, in 2008. And I just remember going overseas and being able to be around um, all these, these women that I looked up to that, that were my role models and my heroes and just kind of getting to be in the same room as them or sit at the cafeteria with them and, and um, be inspired by them. That was a really amazing experience. And then I guess I would say actually before that, one of the really cool things, because women's wrestling was um, fairly new, the first ever Olympic camp in 2004, the head coach, who's still the national team coach, uh, Terry Steiner, he opened up the camp to any, any girl that wanted to go, or, you know, I think you maybe need to place at nationals for your age group or something, but, uh, you know, so I was, so I qualified, I was able to go to the first ever women's Olympic team camp in 2004. And I had no business being there. I mean, I <laughs> wasn't this good wrestler or anything, you know, that probably wouldn't happen for any other sport, but because women's wrestling was so new, it just kind of worked out and I was in the right place at the right time kind of a deal. And so that was really, that experience changed me for the rest of my life. And I remember going back to high school and, and coming back and training with the boys and just, just being like, no, I know this is what I want to do. I saw what these women are sacrificing and what they're doing in order to be champions. And, and the guys just didn't understand it. They're like, no, you know, like you're obsessed about it or you're taking it too far. I'm like, no, you, you like, I love this. I saw this. So I think just getting exposed to that at such a young age uh, really helped um, fuel that drive and that commitment. Have you been able to, um, you know, work with younger uh, girls trying to, you know, try to become a wrestler or like, have you been a part of different camps with Team USA or maybe like different organizations like that? Yeah, so we do a lot of um, like, we'll have cadet junior and senior camps, not so much in the last couple of years, because I had the injuries, I didn't go to a lot uh, of camps, I wasn't, I wasn't competing. And then because of COVID, uh, we didn't have a lot of joint stuff. But when I moved home to Maryland, the co before the COVID started, I was started coaching at a kids club. And so we had um, like a handful of girls there. And, and, you know, they have big dreams. And it was just fun to 
especially in my home state where I grew up to just be coaching there and kind of see everything come full circle. That was, uh, you know, really a great experience for me and hopefully for the, for the girls, I'd like to continue, um, coaching in some capacity. I, uh, was going to go coach for the junior world team, I think in like 2018 or 2019. And it was right uh, 2019. And it was right before I got my last concussion. So I wasn't able to go. So hopefully those, um, those opportunities will, will come in the future. So you, you see yourself as like, becoming a coach somewhere somehow yeah I I don't you know I don't know like the the coaching scene right now especially for women is just um it's it's not really set yet so women's wrestling just received emerging sports status from the NCAA for division one wrestling um for all the divisions and so that's really exciting and you're thinking okay there'll be a coaching job um you know hopefully for me there in the future but at the same time, I really love the international circuit and um, yeah. And, and just also I like coaching um, yeah, age groups. I, I work a lot with uh, beat the streets, um, which is a nonprofit that's for inner city kids. And it's really wrestling as a tool to teach them character development and to teach them, you know, discipline and all these other um, attributes and to help them kind of rise above their, their situation. And then I also um, recently started teaching wrestling to refugees um, at a refugee camp in Greece that I work with an organization with. And so there's a variety of different ways and avenues that it, it can go about. So I don't really know what, like I said, you know, it's like when we are talking about family having to wait for that decision, I'm like, I know the right, when it's ready, it's going to present itself. I just don't know what it is yet. Okay. Good for you, honestly. Like, at least you you know what you want to do in the future, kind of, and um, <laughs> you kind of you're setting up, you know, what's gonna happen, possibly. Yeah, Just I patiently. I really. Uh, it's funny. Someone was talking to me about this, but um, like when I know. I, I just know, but I don't, I don't always find out like months in advance and like, okay, in three years, I'm going to live here and do this. It's more like, I mean, even before the Olympics, I, uh, I flew to Poland, I competed and I had a really bad knee injury. I was like, I probably shouldn't, if someone even potentially pulls my knee and it gets ripped out, that's like it, I'm not competing at the Olympics, but I just had this trust that I, I feel like I'm supposed to go because I need this tournament to prepare for the Olympics. And I went and I got my butt whooped. I got uh, teched and, you know, I lost um, and didn't even place, but it was everything that I needed to be exposed to before the Olympics. And that's why I went there. It wasn't just about like going there to win. It was going there to make sure I have everything that I need. And it was that experience that uh, just opened my eyes to like, I need to train with women and I need to get stronger. And in that exact moment, I, um, you know, I met a coach out there and I decided to move to Arizona. And so literally seven weeks before the Olympics, flew back from Poland, packed all my stuff, drove home and then flew straight to Arizona and moved there. And it was literally the most life-changing seven weeks. Like I, I never thought that I'd wrestle the way I did the Olympics. And I think it's really because of that seven week move. So uh, it's a very instant decision. It comes about when the moment presents itself. If, uh, you know, if I would, there's no way I would have known that I was going to end up in Arizona. So that's like, I think I've had enough of those experiences where I just trust now, like, okay, if I coach when it presents itself, I know I'm just going to know and I'm going to do it. But do you think that training that you did in Arizona was a, uh you know, one of the reasons why you meddled at this year's Olympics or, you know, part of it besides, you know, yeah. actually competing. Absolutely. 1000%. I literally, 
I literally transformed as, as a person and as a wrestler and as an athlete and everything that I needed ended up being here in Arizona from the training partners, the recovery, the uh, spiritual healing, the, the coaching, the, the weight training, like everything fell into place. And, um, uh, I, uh, before I left for Poland, I actually, I remember I was having a talk with my parents and I was telling them that I didn't know if I was mentally stable enough to compete at the Olympics. Like, I just didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. Uh, there was still a lot of kind of concussions and mental health issues from that. And, you know, I remember my, my dad and my mom, they both said like, you really need to be done after this. Like you, you have to stop wrestling. Like this just isn't, this isn't good for you anymore. And when I came back from Poland, they just saw like a flip switch and they were like, wow, something's different about you. And then when they visited me in Arizona, they were literally crying because they couldn't believe that I had not just gone back to my old way of wrestling, but like that I was just so healed and, and just really healed, like mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So it was life-changing. I think one thing that um, a lot of people, mostly like athletes, especially like on this show, I haven't had a, like a true discussion about mental health and I'm glad that you brought it up because I did want to talk about that mm -hmm. um, eventually on here. So I'm glad that the opportunity showed up today. Um, do you want to, if you're okay with this, you would just want to talk about, you know, some stuff that you've noticed with yourself and, you know, how you learned to navigate, you know, with the concussions and, and with, um, some of the mental stuff you've been going through. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love to talk about it. Um, I was just speaking with a sponsor last night and he, he was talking about, you know, what is your story and don't be afraid to tell your story and, and don't like sugarcoat it in certain ways. And, and I said, no, I, I don't believe that I went through some of the things I went through in order to pretend like it never happened. Um, and when I was going through some of the worst phases of my entire life, I just remember feeling so broken and, um, you know, just for, for context, I, uh, on August, I was planning to compete in the Olympics, August 7th, 2020. So I was going to wrestle 53 kilos and August 7th of 2019, I was admitted into a mental uh, institution against my will for uh, apparent suicidal ideations, which I have no recollection of, but I actually, I had gotten hit in the ear. And so that was the last concussion that I got. And it triggered a whole bunch of uh, psychological, um, mental, physical, like all types of issues just from this, this, you know, this ear slap. But I think there was a lot of just stuff that was layered underneath it as well, that just everything kind of came to the surface. And so I remember being in this mental hospital and, you know, they, they let do, they don't even let you sleep with a door and you like, they come in and they check on you every hour to see if you're breathing. And like, you're just literally, it feels like you're just going through the day trying to pass a test to prove to people that you're not crazy and you're not going to hurt yourself. And, uh, it was my dad's birthday. And it was also the exact year, exactly a year before I was going to compete in the 2020 Olympics. And I just remember thinking, how, how did I get here? Like, how, how could I have like been the first woman to win an Olympic gold medal and be so strong and powerful in that moment? And then now I'm all the way here in like what feels like the worst, lowest, most broken situation to be in, um, where, you know, that people don't even like trust that you can, you know, keep yourself safe. And, uh, and I remember I got out and I met with the sports medicine staff at the Olympic training center. And I said, 
am I the worst case you've ever seen? Like, I have to be the worst case you've ever seen. And um, she said, no, you'd be surprised how many athletes have mental health issues. And I said, why aren't we talking about this? Like, why, why are we talking about athletes and parading them for, you know, just being so um, hardworking, but also obsessive and, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, kind of praising all these things and we're not talking about sometimes the dark side of sport or or the reality of things which is that we're not robots we're humans and everybody has a breaking point and um and I, I don't know I, I think for me it was like the end goal wasn't about winning a gold medal anymore it was about being the healthiest best version of myself because I already have a gold medal and I've been in a broken state with it it doesn't fix anything um but to be in a place where, where I'm healed and, and I have self-love and, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of my health and I'm around others who, who prioritize that as well and love me. And, 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 you know, we can have that, that is, that's like the true victory. And, uh, yeah, so I'm very passionate about talking about it. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you've gotten better and you found ways to, um, you know, deal with all of these problems. Um, I, I remember in the 2016 Olympics mm-hmm. where Allison Schmidt, a uh, swimmer for anyone that doesn't know who I'm talking about, you know, she was very outspoken about mental health. And at, at that time in my life, like I was personally struggling a lot. So it was so weird to see, you know, an Olympian, an, an athlete on the national and worldwide stage talking about mental health. It was basically unheard of for me at that point so in that moment for me I realized like oh there are other athletes that are struggling and there are there are just people that are talking about it I was like whoa how how did this happen it was just it's so surreal and then Michael Phelps um there's I've seen a bunch of commercials on tv with him and better help yeah Yeah. that's that's one thing that a lot of people see but I just want to ask you um was there ever a moment where, where you realized um, that maybe you could use your voice for this, um, maybe a specific year that you realized like, oh, I know that other people are struggling too. I'm not alone in this. I'm going to use yeah. my voice. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the example that I, I, I gave was like probably like the most extreme, but really before that, um, you know, kind of going into the 2016 Olympics um, and I failed to make the team in, in 2012. Um, and I was on anxiety medication at the time and I family history of anxiety, you know, it's like something I struggled with since I was a kid, even before wrestling, it's not performance anxiety was just, you know, in general. And I, I remember being a kid and just looking at my heroes and seeing like Serena Williams and, and, uh, Mia Hamm and, you know, the women's wrestling team and the media never like the, they only covered their, um, you know, that their strengths and it kind of almost made it seem like to be a high level athlete, you have to be this, this superhuman person. And, um, and so there's a quote I love and it's, uh, um, don't compare your behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's what I did as a kid. Cause we don't know any better. And so I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, like Serena's amazing. She never loses at, at anything. She never seems to get nervous. And so if I want to be, you know, compete like that and and be like that good one day. I have to do that, but that's not me. I have all these fears and anxiety and, you know, made all these comparisons. And then I really kind of stepped away from sports psych and everything and went on my own faith journey and really trusted God to, to teach me about myself. And, and I just, I remember in that moment, um, 
I decided that I want to really be authentic and very transparent about it. And that's why after Rio, when I won, um, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I just believed in myself and I went on the mat and I did it. I really shared a lot. Like, no, I had fears. These were the anxieties. Uh, like this is every, everything that I struggled with because I don't want athletes to, or young female wrestlers to look up to me and think, oh, wow, Helen has it all together. And so that's what I need to do in order to win because that was not, that's not how it goes. And I think the more transparent we are, um, you know, it will, it will change things. And in the 2016 Olympics, we had six Olympic spots, six, uh, six Olympians, and we only had one medal. Um, and uh, when I, you know, that was my, my medal. And then this time around, we have four out of six um, medals and we have, we had one wrestle for a medal. So we literally, I mean, we had an amazing performance. And I think part of that is just that, uh, like, I felt like when I won and I came back, people were like, oh my God, Helen won the Olympics. Well, she can do it. I can do it because they know me and they know my flaws and they know my weaknesses and they know that I'm not superhuman. And so I think for young kids, they need to see that as well, that me and my teammates, like, we're not superhumans. We have all of our flaws and, and you can still win with all of that. And, and uh, yeah, that's what I like speaking out about. And that's what I want kids to know. I'm glad that we could, uh, you know, talk about this on here. Cause again, I've been wanting to have a, like some sort of discussion on it. So I'm glad that I got to have it with you, of course. Oh. Um, it was the, the, just the stuff that you said in general for, I don't even know how long we've been talking about this for, but super, super insightful. Like I'm probably going to post it on social media because people, you know, need to see and, and listen to it. So thank you again for yeah. speaking about that. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's time for our, our lightning round questions. Sweet. Okay. So my first question always is if you're reading a book or listening to an audio book or just have a favorite book, uh, book in the past, what is it? Why do you like it? Oh, man. There's a book called, um, well, fiction. There's a book called, uh, what's it called? Jacob the Baker and by Noah Ben Shea. It's amazing. And you said, and why? It's, um, it's about uh, a man that is working um, as a baker making bread. And he always writes these notes to himself. And one day the notes actually get stuck in, like they get baked in the bread. And so when the bread goes out to people all over the town, they find these notes and they think that he's a prophet because the notes have so much wisdom on them. And so they all start coming to him and asking him questions and they want him to, you know, to, to give them all life's answers. And he's just overwhelmed by this and he doesn't feel like that at all and and it's really beautiful it's really easy to read too it just covers different topics um and one of the quotes from from there is uh that really helped me in wrestling was uh the fears that we cannot climb become our walls and that that was like i really liked that one um and then nonfiction. oh i have a bunch of stuff that that i like um i you know uh, I love being in the word. And then there's also a book called Sermon on the Mount right now. And that's just kind of about spirituality and, uh, and your thoughts and, you know, how kind of your thoughts shape your life and stuff like that. But it's very, it's really beautifully written. What do you listen to on game day? You know, if you listen to anything, I've had people tell me they just don't listen to, to music when they're preparing for matches or whatever. Like, okay, but do you have a certain playlist set up? Yeah, for like the last six, seven years, I, I always listened to like worship music um, or Christian music. And then in the last year, I just stopped listening to music. I really felt that um, I wanted to be present and I didn't want to escape any of the emotions or have anything influence them. I wanted to feel the full range of everything. And 
work through it on my own. So that, that kind of felt like the path that I was on then. Living in the moment. I see. Yeah. Although I like working out to music. That's always nice. <laughs> oh, okay. So you'll do the working out. It's fine, but you know, you gotta yeah. live in the moment, see what's yeah. happening around you kind of thing. Yeah. When I was yeah. at state college, the team, they, um, they'll play one song on repeat for the entire practice and they'll do that for weeks at a time. And so it's kind of like a mental toughness thing or it's like to see who breaks or, or not. So like, honestly, at this point, I'm just used to zoning noise out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite sport to watch on television? Oh man. Um, I don't watch that much TV, but I like following sports. I probably watch MMA um, just cause it's, it's close with wrestling. And I know a lot of people, and then I love actually on like social media, watching rhythmic gymnastics and I love watching dancing. I'm actually really, really big into dancing. So. Do you have a favorite um, Olympic gymnast from this past Olympics? Um, well, I don't know any of the U S rhythmic gymnastics. I like just the Rita. She's a Russian. She competed in uh, 2016. I like, I watched a documentary on, on them. So I watched that. And then for us, like, um artistic gymnastics obviously Simone Biles you know her story is very very inspiring and compelling and I love that she spoke up about mental health stuff too yes she was super super instrumental um you know mm. during the Olympics this past year and then I forgot to mention also like Naomi Osaka within the past year has been yeah. also like incredibly yeah. instrumental yeah 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 her, her journey is amazing and the things that she's spoken up about and and just the strength it takes to make certain decisions for your career and for your mental health is like, it, it, it's like that, that strength is incredible. So if you weren't a wrestler, do you know what you would be doing? Like as a job or, or whatever? Okay. I would live by, well, do I get, do I get to be as good as that thing as I am in wrestling? Or is it like, if I'm not wrestling, I have to, like just be, whatever whatever you want to do i i would love to have been uh to be a dancer i love salsa dancing and bachata i love all forms of dancing but i'm i do those two the most and then i think figure skating or rhythmic gymnastics would be so so fun to do like you're just in a sport where you have like a bunch of apparatuses and you i don't know you i i feel like wrestling is artistic to me i feel like i get to create art through the movement of my body and my muscles um it just <laughs> it looks a certain way and i think uh i still think it's poetic but i think that rhythmic gymnastics and figure skating are just poetic and in, in a different form and i like that too yeah i like to watch that stuff but i don't i never want to try it it's just like no no, I'm, I'm good. You guys are like pros at this. All right. I'm just going to let it happen. I'll just watch. Yeah. I'm like, how do you throw a ball up in the air and then do like three flips and then catch it? Yeah. Heck, it's so cool. I would definitely drop the ball. No doubt oh. about it. I would so drop the ball. Don't say that. You don't know. <laughs> I got tiny hands. I, they're like, you know how they like palm it or whatever. I can't, I can't do that can't even palm a basketball for him who believes <laughs> it was just maybe <laughs> when we're like three years old <laughs> uh, is there um do you have a favorite olympics moment from all the olympics you know like video records of course you know any favorite highlights from any of the olympics ever i 
I love the Olympic movement and I cry for every, like any big win or like heartwarming, you know, story. I'm like a sucker. I just, I just ball. So, um, yeah, there's not like one specific one that, that comes to mind. Nothing. No, not like a top, not like a top one. Um, what's her name? She was an Alpine, was an Alpine skier. Um, I, I can see her. I just can't think of her name right now, but she won the gold in, uh, what was it? Sochi. And I it's just like people that when they're like not expected to win and then they win or, you know, what, I don't know. I just always cry for those moments. I, I have a few, but they're like, I, I liked when um, Phelps won um, oh, in Rio. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was really- I, haven't, I didn't really watch the Olympics this year just because of the, the time zone thing. Yeah. And then yeah. I was working a lot when they were on at night because I, I work for a baseball team. So I'm uh, there at night and I can't watch anything because, you know, I got to watch the damn game. Yeah, yeah. So I would like scroll through Twitter and be like, oh, I can't believe I missed Katie Ledecky or, or um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that time change is, is brutal. So I get it. One final question before we wrap things up here. What is your advice for anyone that wants to get into wrestling? My advice for anyone that wants to get involved in wrestling, I would say just go out there and try it. Um, you know, it's such an amazing sport. It's going to teach you so many things about yourself. Body awareness is going to give you confidence. It's going to teach you that you are capable of uh, more than you, more than you think you are. And um, it will produce resiliency and, and really uh, just stepping out there and, and having the courage to try. You'll, you'll never regret that. You know, you might decide it's not for you or you, you just might not want to continue doing it. But um, sometimes when you have like an itch for something or you just want to want to give it a go and, and you don't, you'll look back and you'll always wonder. And so I just am a big believer in like going for something. And so that way I have peace of mind and I know that I don't have to look back and regret not ever trying. All right. So I want to thank Helen for coming on today's episode. Where can people follow you on social media? Um, my handle is at Helen, H-E-L-E-N underscore Marulis, M-A-R-O-U-L-I-S. And that's for my Instagram and my Twitter. Yeah. I think is I have a anything, Facebook. You have a Facebook or you don't have a Facebook? What'd you I say? Have, uh, I'm in the works with the website. It hasn't been updated for a while, but I'm, yeah. <laughs> Facebook is I, tricky to use. I know. I know. I barely ever go on anymore. I like I tried setting up a page for my my podcast, but I connect it to my Instagram. So every time I post on Instagram, it just goes on the Facebook. I'm like, okay, oh. I don't have to do anything. Oh gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> Is there anything you want to shout out before um, we end things here? Nothing I can think of. I just yeah, thank you for having me, and really grateful for this opportunity. And I wish you all the best. And yeah, I just appreciate everyone that that tuned in and, and listened. All right, time for my ending spiel. You ready for this? It's it's a fun one. I don't know. I hope so. It's it's well. The thing with my podcast is I don't script anything, so it just comes from my noggin. So like oh, yeah. I I know everything that I need to say because I I do this every week, 
Um, and I talk about the same stuff and thus, you know, there's something new that's happening. It's like, oh, I got to talk about this. But um, mm-hmm. it's this is a really beautiful thing. I have social media. You want to follow it? That's so great. I'll tell you where you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. Same handle. It's at WSM Podcast. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Women's Sports Matter. My YouTube channel. It's the Women's Sports Matter Podcast. I'm working on setting that back up again. I have no idea when that will happen. Hopefully soon. I keep saying it. I got to do it, but I got to find the time for it. Let's see. When will this episode come out? I think, okay, I'm not going to talk about the recall election because by the time this episode comes out, I think it might have happened already. I don't mm-hmm. know. That- so I'm going to skip over that. Okay. So we- and then let's see. What else is there? Oh, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, don't worry. I can point you in the right direction. I'm going to ask nicely. I'm just saying, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm giving you a little resource here. If you go to vaccines.gov, put in your address if you live in the United States. You can find the nearest vaccination site near you. Guess what? I have a testimonial for my cousin who clicked on the link, put in her home address, and got her daughter a vaccine. Awesome. Good job, Emily. I'm finally glad that you got the damn jab. I'm asking nicely. Like, you know, if you want to go get it, you can. Delta's being um, a brat, so save yourself and uh, save the people around you and, you know, continue to wear a mask and just be kind to people. Don't be rude about the whole mask thing. It's getting annoying. Stop making a personality trait, guys. Come on. Um, I also have other resources linked down below. You can check those links out. There's a register to vote thing. There is like a find your legislator, find your senator uh, website. So there's that. But I've got nothing else to say. I'm going to go do some homework now. And get ready to go to work. So without further ado, this is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. My name is Gianna Belcastro and I am your host. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. That's all folks. See ya.